Hey, welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. It is just about that time. We are coming near the end of the summer and everyone is beginning to get back into the swing of life, entering fall 2020. We don't know what's going to bring, but one thing can be sure, we will not have all this time on our hands that we've had for the past six months and our plates are going to be overflowing if they aren't already. We're going to be firing thoughts like, I can't get it all done. There's simply too much to do. And every day we're going to be asking the same dilemma. If I can't get it all done, how am I going to prioritize? It's just going to be going through our minds as we look at our list. How do I tell the difference between what needs to be done and what is most important to accomplish? And no matter who you are or what your situation, if you're breathing on your own, this is likely a daily mantra. Every day ends with some amount of guilt and stress about what you did or did not get accomplished. I admit it, I'm not always a master at distinguishing the difference. I still lapse back into struggles and habits that I have, but there are some tried and true essentials I have learned along the way that help me in this area, prioritizing the time that are worth talking about. Today I want to revisit this topic. I have talked about it before and I want to offer five essentials that we can glean from the Bible in prioritizing our time. But this week, we're only going to have time to get through the first three because it runs a little bit long. Then next week, we're going to finish it up. We'll do a little recap and look at the first three one more time and then we'll finish up with the next two. But today we're going to look at the first three as we get going. So the first one is to know what God says is important until we familiarize ourselves with what our priorities should be and what God says is not appropriate we can't be successful it's really not rocket science but it will make or break us in terms of productivity and focusing on the right things he has a few things to say about time and our use of it here are just a few things in Ephesians 5 he says make the best use of the time because the days are evil that's verse 16 also the psalmist asked the Lord in a prayer in chapter 90 verse 12 he says so teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. That is a concept we need to grasp. James also needs us to understand that our time is limited, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And then one of the things that we can learn that is important to God is that we not think like the rest of the world in terms of how our minds work and what we chase after. And this comes from Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So what kind of things does God view as important? So that would include seeking his word so that we would absolutely know what he would have us do, that we would be in relationship with him in the vine. We know that. So that would include praying. We know that he wants us to be transformed. So we, we've got that. We also know that he does not want us forsaking the fellowship of the believers. He wants us in relationship, not doing this in isolation. 
So somehow relating with other people because it's strengthening, but also because we're salt and light. And that is how the kingdom grows. And so that we will be making disciples, the Great Commission. We know that is part of this. These are just a few things. How they play out in the details of our lives is sort of how this fans out. Those would be commonalities we could find as we're focusing on what we could know about what God or views as important. But there's also some commonalities for what's not important. There's not a focus on hobbies and sports and our own ambitions and our even our own families. That's not going to be found in there. Spending oodles of time on those things. Also not going to be time spent on chasing after technologies and resources and movies and anything that's going to be bringing dishonor to God, anything that pulls us away from doing the very thing God deems as important can be categorized here. It's not something that that we want to be after. Knowing what God says is important for us to dedicate the time of our lives toward is really the greatest essential for us on a daily basis because it, it allows us to focus where our priorities should be. The second thing is to recognize that the Christian life is all about neglect. And that may be a, a different way of shaping that thought. This summer, I've been centered on this idea. I've been listening to a series on Hebrews, and one of the focal verses comes out of chapter 2. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It's just calling us not to neglect our salvation, to strive toward it, that it's a lifelong process of being shaped and molded by Christ. The choices that we make are all about neglect. That's what the writer calls us to. And the premise is that every day you and I are forced to make choices about what we are going to do and what we're not going to do. The very thing we're talking about. What book are we going to read? What person are we going to interact with? Which store are we going to spend money at? What show will we watch? What will we not get accomplished because of our other choices? Something is going to be neglected. We do it all the time and no one gets a pass. Even the greatest, godliest people on earth have to make these choices to neglect something. It's not like they just know, like there's some hotline or red phone or bat sign in the sky. How can you and I discern how not to neglect our great salvation? How do we choose to embrace what God would have us do with today in confidence? Well, you and I are not that smart. I'm sorry. We're just not. We need to call on His power, and we do that through prayer. God is a pro at communicating to us exactly what we need. He is for your growth toward godliness. He is for you getting it right. He wants nothing less than for your life and for my life to be a reflection of His glory and purpose. Of course, He is ready and willing to communicate on this issue of time and priorities because it can be a real problem. Not knowing how to get it all done, of exactly what to get done, is a constant source of frustration for me personally. The demands of others as well as ourselves can be daunting. The task, too great. We need to learn from those examples God graciously provides in Scripture and pray our guts out. Today, I just want to take a look at a familiar example that I think points to this. King Hezekiah, he has a recurring problem. He's already met the demands of the enemy before. He's already taken this problem to God before and seen God move. It's not the first time, but here 
He takes the problem in the form of a threatening letter and he spreads it out before the Lord. That's sort of what I want to take note of. He takes it and spreads it out before the Lord. And this is what it says in 2 Kings 19, 14. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. The word of God gives us permission to bring all that concerns us directly before him, even the all-consuming, seemingly mundane items. Are we going to keep perseverating in our minds over the responsibilities that we have? Are we going to spread it out in the form of a to-do list before him in prayer? I don't know if you do this, but I want to encourage you to do it. Ask for wisdom in how to approach the day, the deadlines, the end of the week, whatever the impending doom is for you. Bring it to him. Spread it out. The way I do this, I literally keep it on my phone and I take it into my quiet time every single morning and I open it up and I sort of spread it out before him in in that sense. I don't leave until we've gone over it. Now I don't say, okay, Lord, let's look at number one. Well, I don't do it that way. But what I do is I make it accessible to him. I'm kind of laying it out there and say, look, these are the things that I see based on what you've expressed to me is important that need to be done. I've tried to make the list according to what you've alerted me to and your priorities over my life. But if anything needs to change, I need you to tell me. I need you to let me know before we go what I need to change or what. And and it has changed before. I am just very, very fluid in that area with him. I know that after we're finished for the morning, this is my agenda. Whatever we get done is what he would have me do. So I highly encourage you do this. It's about neglect. Something's going to get neglected. I want to make sure that I'm neglecting the things that, that he would approve of and embracing the things that he would have me do, which leads me to the third one separate the urgent from the important. You know, everything is not important. I feel that it is often. I get a little messed up on this one. But President Eisenhower once quoted a man named Dr. J. Roscoe Miller. He was the president of Northwestern in a speech that he gave in the 50s. In the speech, he he said something very profound. He said, I have two kinds of problems. I have the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important and the important are never urgent. This became a famous saying and it was called the Eisenhower Principle. But frankly, I'm just not smart enough to distinguish what's essential on my list. And it all runs together, appearing as if everything is equally urgent. But God is a pro, and He can clarify my muddy waters. And sometimes items demand my immediate attention, like, oh no, we don't have any food (laughs) for lunch or something like that. And so I've got to go take care of that. Or uh, like one morning, there was a need that we had to go back to the clinic for a reason. Somebody needed to get another x-ray or something. And so I can't wait on those kind of things. That's urgent. I've got to take care of that. Or I've got to spend time buying groceries for my family that you don't have to spend unless you have a horde of people living in your house like I do. It's going to take less time if you only have four people. I'm going to have to spend more time doing laundry than you do. My house is going to take longer to clean. Those kind of things. Life just takes longer on my list than it's going to take you. But you may be caring for an elderly parent or you may be working longer hours. I mean, everybody's got their stuff. I'm not saying that that your 24-hour period is easier. We've all got our junk that needs to be taken care of. You're urgent and important get muddied together too. We need help. We need God to discern that for us. And I'm just staring at other things on my list that are also important. And they've been prayed over. They're exactly aligned with my calling, just like you're staring at your list. We just can't do it on our own. We've got to ask the Lord to separate 
the important from the urgent. That is my call to you right now. Important items to me have to do with our goals and our callings. Those would be important. Things that we have put on there, we said, yes, this is the task at hand and I am going to work toward it. Urgent are sort of activities and demands that need our immediate attention and are usually associated with other people's needs (laughs) and uh, their goals. It's not ours. Urgency is in the cost of not dealing with them. The immediate consequence we find unpleasant usually. Somehow the situation calls for our attention and we have to attend to it. Otherwise, you know, everything's just messed up. So that would make it urgent. Now, interesting enough, the Huffington Post has categorized two kinds of urgencies. <laughs> One are those things that we just can't help. I mean, it's just on upon us like COVID. You get COVID, that becomes an urgency, right? Somebody in your house gets COVID, now everything's sort of urgent. We are understanding the urgent. Your uh, water pipe at home, under your sink, burst, floods your kitchen. You have an urgent concern right there. Another kind of urgency is sort of self-imposed. You've seen the deadline. You've put the deadline off now that all of a sudden you've mismanaged your time and now the urgent is upon you. Now those first things that are unforeseeable when the urgent is first upon you, nothing but the grace of God can help us through those times. What we have to do is just remember He is able. God has done this time and time again. In fact, we see how He miraculously rescues Hezekiah from this impending doom when He laid that letter before the Lord. We see it in chapter 19. Then Isaiah comes to him saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, your prayer to me about Sennacherib, this king of Assyria, I have heard. And because you've, and then he says about the king of Assyria, because you've raged against me and your complacency has come into my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth and I will turn your back on the way which you came. So he takes care of the bad guy. All right. He goes through this whole thing and he gives Hezekiah a sign. I mean, it's a tremendous situation that he does there, and he takes care of it. God is able to deal with the urgent things that pop up and remain in our midst and threaten to thwart our progress and maybe a sense of our very survival. He's not on my timetable is what I've learned. He's not on your timetable, but he is able. So do not lose heart and don't quit when you find yourselves in those situations. Now, I want to do sort of a side note to the procrastinators. There are kind of two types of procrastinators here. Those simply who don't really know how to get started and they don't want to do it. But then there's those who are perfectionists who know it can't be their absolute best. So they wait too long until they get started or they just run out of time perfecting it with the other 5,000 things they need to do to get this one done. You know what? We've got way too many layers of issues in this business of time to address all of those. I want to look at one other place that might give us a word of warning here on this issue of not getting things finished because I do believe God calls us to completion. Judges 1.27, I'm just looking at the main heading here. It says, failure to complete the conquest. Beginning in verse 27, it says, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of blah, blah, blah. And then in verse 29, and Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived near blah, blah, blah. Verse 30, Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of whoever. Then in verse 33, Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants of... See, they, they did not complete the tasks they were given. It's just that simple. God gave them the land. We know the instructions came with the promise. 
from several places. Here it is in Deuteronomy 4.1. And now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you and do them, that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. They just didn't take it. Now, maybe they were like me, with good intentions. Oh, they planned to take it. And they had 39 different interruptions that came every single day, urgent requests, filling their days and stealing their attention. Then their equipment broke. (laughs) Or maybe people they were counting on abandoned them. And the season for going to war came and went and came and went again and again. And then maybe they were out of shape and had to get back into shape. And they had more setbacks and maybe more disappointments. And maybe the technology changed one more time. And maybe they were hit by a hurricane, and they were left with nothing but studs and rafters. Priorities take a shift, or pretty soon life just gets comfortable, and the easier the way it is, is just to not take the promised land. If we're not careful, we're going to unintentionally miss our opportunities, allowing the urgent and the less important to squeeze into the center of our calendars. We cannot let that happen. We cannot let that happen. Therefore, we absolutely must come before him like Hezekiah in our proneness to procrastinate and put things aside and let everything else take over our priorities and pray he will be faithful. Separating the urgent from the important is a God-directed work. This is where our yielding time in prayer comes to life through our actions. We have now asked him to pinpoint the top priorities. Now it is safe to then look over the list. Now we can rest in confidence that God will do what we've asked. Now we can face the ultimate question, what absolutely must be done above all else, and proceed throughout the day in an attitude of prayer, discerning what to do with the time. A lot of days, I don't always have the feeling I have spot on made the perfect decision. I have to trust Him that I am listening and able to hear. Honestly, some of the things on my list are not on impossible. They are not doable. But those are the priorities He's given me. And I shall seek to try to accomplish them. Sometimes the list gets done. Other times, not a chance. But even when there are still things left undone, I must reject the feelings of guilt that I am not enough and I can't do it. Instead, I must bask in the freedom and relax about the unchecked items, knowing that the Lord is in charge of my days and prioritizing my time. That is three of the five essentials for prioritizing our time. Next week, we're going to finish it up with number four and five and give a quick recap of the first three. But work on those three. That is the first Three, know what God says is important. Recognize the Christian life is about neglect. Prayer is absolutely essential and necessary for what you're doing. And separate the urgent from the important. Take your agenda to your prayer time and just see what He would have you do. And bring it back and let me know what a difference it's made. Because I want to know about that. So let me know how that goes. And I look forward to being with you next week as we finish up prioritizing our time. 
Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week, and I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier. Please remember to rate, review, and share the podcast. You may never know the difference that you can make by just making a recommendation and sharing a resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify into your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there is more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find more reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than there's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange, and it is always a pleasure to meet you here.